4: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Covering the
2: sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on vSEN, the sports betting network.
5: Back here, betting across America, presented by MGM Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. Hour number two, college football Saturday. We will have the WWE superstar Jeff Jarrett joining us in just a little bit. Of course, you got to check him out on his podcast, host of the, of my world with Jeff Jarrett. We'll get to Double J in just a minute, but we do have some scores and updates very quickly. Cincinnati still all over at UCF, and again, the third team in the country mm-hmm. right now. It's Style Point City. Uh, looking like they're not going to give up a whole lot to UCF.
2: Yeah, that's what you're worried about if you're an underbacker like me. And by the way, 54.5, the current in-progress total. UC minus 28.5, they are already in UCF territory. I don't know how many points the Knights are going to get against its Cincinnati defense, but look, Cincinnati rolled up tempo last Friday night, so style points probably are going to matter for Cincinnati because they only have one ranked team left on their schedule, and that would be SMU later in the season. So, look, you got to keep that ranking, Mm -hmm. and uh, certainly Cincinnati well on their way. Uh, In the Big Ten, been all Indiana on defense, but Michigan State still leads by one on the scoreboard, 7-6. Sparty now minus 2.5. 47.5 47.5 on the total. Indiana's done a really nice job defensively, uh, but a team that has not done a nice job defensively are the Missouri Tigers. They're down 21 to nothing already to Texas A&M early Ooh. second quarter. Aggies minus 27.5, half, half the current in-play total. No hangover here for the uh, Texas A&M Aggies. Thought there might be. The market did not, though. Drove it up to 11.5 on the close, and rightfully so in terms of that move. Texas 10-3 uh, to 3, up on Oklahoma State. Longhorns minus three and a half, fifty-seven and a half. 57 and So these teams that were kind of in those letdown spots, not letting down at least early on. Yeah, you know, like uh, M.
5: early on in the year, they were a top five team. It, football,
0: Isn't that so like Jimbo, though? They've been waiting <laughs> for that signature
2: win yeah. down there in College Station for all these years. You finally lick Alabama and you've already got two losses. Like It's like, we beat Alabama. This is our year to get to the playoff down in College Station, but not to be for the Aggies, but nevertheless taking that out on the Missouri
5: Tigers. You know, it is interesting, though, Wes, you bring that up because when you look at two-loss schools and you go, well, there's no chance for a two-loss team to get into the college football playoff. Okay, normally I would say absolutely that is a fact, okay? But if we don't believe that Iowa's going to run the table, and we don't believe that Sparty, they could go down today as the, the you know, undefeated top ten, right? Oregon's already got a loss. We, we know Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, they're going to beat each other up there to some degree. Oklahoma survived. Maybe they could be the, the, the one holdout here. Alabama's already got that loss. Mm-hmm. If we start to get these teams backing up to one loss, I'm not saying that Jimbo can do it, but we actually might see – for the first time, a two-loss team getting to the college football playoff. Because yeah. if we don't buy in on Cincinnati being the third-best team, we don't buy in on Iowa being the second-ranked team, those teams go down somewhere and get that one. They're out. They're out. They will take a two-loss Alabama mm-hmm. over a one-loss Iowa or a one-loss mm-hmm. Cincinnati. You see, see my point? Yes. So I'm starting to say that there could be power schools in power conferences like in A&M where they go, well, you didn't have your quarterback. Now you got everything back, and you did beat Alabama. Right? that there could be a situation if chaos truly ensues that a school from power five with two losses might not be fully dead in the water.
2: Well, if we're using A&M as the example, obviously Alabama would have to lose again. And, you know, A&M would have to represent the West in the SEC championship game. And then if you knock off a Georgia, potentially an undefeated Georgia. And you beat beaten Alabama, maybe, and you beat Georgia. But there's a lot of uh, moving parts there that have but, to make that but
5: happen. But go down that rabbit hole that you just started to go down. If you run the table in the rest of the SEC, and I know people are going, you guys are crazy, or Dave, you're crazy. Texas A&M can't get there. But you look at that schedule, and you tell me you're going to beat Mizzou, obviously, that's already being taken care of. You're going to beat South Carolina. It's not a very good football team. Mm-hmm. Okay, Auburn, tough game. You win it, that's going to look good. Ole Miss, they get a lot of street cred right now with a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback, right? Okay, LSU, fighting if you run the table, which is very feasible, and then you beat Georgia in the SEC title game, and then you have on your resume wins over Alabama and Georgia, I tell you, that's a legit conversation the committee's well, going to have to the have.
2: The only thing is, there's still a lot of dominoes. I mean, that, that, those are the main dominoes. You've got to win the games, but you've still got a lot of teams in front of you that got to lose. And a couple of them just by process of elimination are going to happen. You look at that Big Ten East, uh, six, seven, nine, or eight, and 10 right now. They all got to play each other Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State. So not everybody can emerge from that unscathed. No. So somebody is going to go down now. I smell what you're cooking here, but there needs to be a lot of things happen, though. And right now, A&M, 21st in the country. But certainly, the first step is to beat the hell out of Missouri, and they are absolutely doing that.
5: My, my only point, when you're trying to find value on futures, college football playoff, win the national championship, mm-hmm. if you were so inclined to possibly throw out a little fun money on a and now, people might look at you like you're cross-eyed and you're crazy. But I'm telling you, that scenario that we just played out, the way you laid it out with the Big Ten, we had Pete Futek on in the first hour, and what did Pete tell us? Look, the SEC is just better than the Big Ten. Even though you have five schools from the Big Ten in the top ten, they're going to have process of elimination. They're going to eliminate themselves from that conversation. If AM, and the absolute long shot of long shots with two losses, and again, the committee will look at it. Who was your quarterback? They look at that stuff. That actually factors into their equations. If they can run the table, win the SEC title game, and have the two most impressive wins in the country against Alabama and Georgia on a neutral field, Georgia, theoretically, in Mm -hmm. in Atlanta. That's where If you want to find a long shot with actual value, that's the way I would look today.
2: Yeah, I mean, the best scenario for the SEC, obviously, is Georgia keeps doing what they do, and Alabama runs the table, and then you get Alabama and Georgia, and let's say Alabama knocks Georgia off in Atlanta, then you've got two teams. You're going to get two teams from the SEC, and I agree with Pete Butak. It is a better conference, and I'm a Big Ten guy, right. and I try to fly the flag for the Big Ten, and look, you know, it's been reason to fly the flag. It's been a very good conference this year, especially that Big Ten East. Now, I think in terms of a division in college football, the Big Ten East is the best division, SEC best overall.
5: conference. Uh, we were talking a little bit uh, about some Heisman Trophy candidates, too, uh, in the first hour. We want to continue that conversation here and look a little bit deeper Uh, at C.J. Stroud of Ohio State, and obviously we talk about the Big Ten, and even though they're the one in the top ten that has a loss and all the other teams, the other four schools are all undefeated, I think we all look at Ohio State and say that's the best football team in the Big Ten. And if the best quarterback on the best football team in the Big Ten is C.J. Stroud, right now at plus 800, you look at the value there for a guy with 18 tutties and three picks and he's almost, you know, look at his yardage, he's already to about 1,700 yards here. So he's the third option on the board. Is that an option that Wes Reynolds would consider playing?
2: I would, but what I do worry about is, look, you've got Travion Henderson, and you've got all those weapons, so you worry if C.J. Stroud, is it going to be like, okay, you know, this guy has every weapon. They scheme these guys (laughs) wide open. You know, it's an easy offense to run, and you can put up the numbers. So, you know. Stroud, I think, is probably kind of hanging out there at that 8-1, to one, where I think he'd certainly have a little bit more value than Bryce Young or Matt Corral. But, Indy, I, I just think, you know, you worry it's going to be that Mac Jones factor. Maybe it won't be. Maybe, to your point earlier, they're going to overcompensate and right. say, well, we kind of didn't give Mac Jones really, you know, fair square here in terms of a, a Heisman Trophy award it, because people are going to look and see what he's doing. And he's been a very competent rookie quarterback. For the New England Patriots are like, you know, maybe we're going to go with this guy and maybe we're going to give them credit. But the thing is, now it was against Akron and they had the backup in there and he did just fine. But granted, it was against Akron. Ohio State can put any quarterback that they want in there. They put the kid Kyle McCord in there when Stroud was out battling an injury. So in terms of the value down the board for a quarterback, I would look Ritter at 20. But that's only if he keeps winning. Right. You know, if, if they lose, he doesn't have the numbers to overcompensate for that, like a Matt Corral or a Bryce Young, probably.
5: I've got so many uh, good friends in this industry that right now, nails in a chalkboard when they hear us talking about team success tied to an individual award. But that's just the fact. That's mm-hmm. just the reality of the Heisman Trophy. That's just the way it works. I'm not saying it should work like that. But to your point, it is based on team success. To that end, Kenneth Walker III. So, when you look at an undefeated Sparty and you go, okay, let's see if there's any value here at 14 to 1. Now, again, we always feel like it's quarterback driven award, but we did have a wide receiver last year. Could again, with the, I, I'd say maybe overcompensation sometimes of the committee, look at Kenneth Walker and say, okay, nine touchdowns, not to 1,000 yards yet. We'll see how he fares out today against your alma mater, but 14 to 1. Look, I like Vijon Robinson a little bit better, but that's a two-loss team. It's an undefeated Sparty team. I know it shouldn't matter, but it does matter. What about Kenneth Walker the third at 14-1?
2: Yeah, he's got to put up some numbers today, and he hadn't had an opportunity because Indiana has been dominating the game, despite the fact that they're about to settle for a third field goal right now from Charles Campbell, and that kick is good. Take the point. 6.56 left to go. Now 9-7, to Indiana. It has been all Hoosiers. Cannot get it in the end zone. Indiana, by the way, this is their third Big Ten game of the season. They still have yet to score a touchdown in conference play. Didn't score one against Iowa. Whoa! Didn't score one against Penn State. At some point, you can't keep taking the points. I understand, but at some point, you got to punch hey, that sucker in. You've got the in. lead, Wes. You've I got know, the lead. i not, up by not zoom. good enough. Not good enough. I've been I've been an Indiana football fan for uh, more <laughs> oh, don't years. Think this than, is going years than I care to admit, and I've seen these uh, this story before. So. uh we shall see. Sticking in the Big Ten, 14-9 Minnesota over Nebraska. Huskers missed the extra point, 2.5 now. Minnesota laying on the endgame, half, Six minutes left to go. And then uh, Texas A&M still 21 nothing over Missouri. Steve Wilkes, the former Arizona Cardinal yeah. coach, who was one and done out there in Phoenix, is the defensive coordinator for uh, Missouri. Maybe he's going to be one and done Ooh. on Eli Drinkwood, the staff, because Texas A&M all over the Tigers.
5: All right, we'll see if, uh, again, if the, the Aggies can keep doing what I'm saying and just make some chaos here in college football as a two-loss team and getting that college football playoff could be something to look at down the road. Speaking of looking at down the road, we're going to try to get uh, Jeff Jarrett back on the program here, so stick with us right here on Beeson. But when we come back, two bad teams. In the Pac-12, I wonder who would you back financially. We talk Arizona and Colorado when you come back with us. It's Beeson, the sports betting network. Get ready for all the action this NBA season with the VEASAN basketball betting experts. Grab your copy of the VEASAN pro basketball betting guide now with strategies, predictions, and best bets to stay ahead of the odds makers. Our hoop experts include Jonathan Von Tobel, provides strategy and advice as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. The digital guide is a must-have, so give yourself a betting edge this season and get your copy now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com. Slash subscribe, it is betting across America. I am Dave Ross, he is Wes Reynolds. Wes, are you ready? I am ready because right now, joining us, betting across America, he is the host of my world with Jeff Jarrett podcast. It's the real Jeff Jarrett, but Jeff, that's an intro, but my partner can do an even better one.
2: We have an NWA world champion, a WCW world champion, and WWE intercontinental champion, WWE hall of famer, founder of Total Nonstop Action Wrestling. The pride and joy of Hendersonville, Tennessee, the chosen one, Jeff Jarrett.
5: There we go, Jeff. Welcome to the program. It's great to have you on with us here on Betting Across America. We know you love the SEC. Jeff, I got to ask, when did this this love affair with college football start for you as an entertainer that we all love to watch? Were you back there with the boys, always telling them who's going to win in the SEC?
6: Oh, this goes way back to uh, I'm a Rocky Top guy, and uh, I know you guys love that, especially you, Wes, and condolences on being a Hoosier, but we won't get into the <laughs> we big need SEC smack talk. But just as a, as a young kid, I, back in the 70s, I went to uh, you know Vanderbilt, Tennessee is, is the big robbery, and I got to run on the field, and Alan Duncan gave me his kicking tee. Uh, so, um, I had the charm back then, <laughs> maybe lost some of that out through the years, but no, I've literally been a UT fan. Um, my sister went there, my brother went there, my daughter currently goes there. So big orange on the way, we'll get to that game in a minute, but, uh, I really appreciate you guys, uh, having me on and Dave, I was, you know, a Southern boy and sec football. I was raised, uh, to respect my elders and certainly people who served their country. So I appreciate all your service. Wes. It's a whole nother story. You're Big Ten, you're a Hoosier, a <laughs> lot of smack talk, you're a wrestling. So buckle up, my friend. We're going to have us a fun few minutes here.
2: <laughs> hey, I will gladly take the insults. I watched Jeff when I was a young kid when he was debuting in the Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee. So I followed Jeff's entire distinguished career, as you can see, the gold right there behind him. Absolutely
5: love it, Jeff, and, th- and thank you for those kind sentiments, but uh, you can fire away as well. I, I once got slapped by a di- Diamond Dallas Page on one of my old shows, so I'm used to you guys beating <laughs> me up a little bit. Uh, let's talk some SEC football right here because, Jeff, look, the shocker of all shockers is number one goes down last week. Alabama loses uh, to Jimbo and Company, Texas A&M. Uh, what do you make of right now That the, the top part of the SEC? Alabama with one loss. I think we feel like still gets into the college football playoff if they win out. Do you see that happening? Do you think Alabama does win out and are still a lock for the college football playoff?
6: Look, and I've always said this, there's the NFL on Sundays, there's the SEC, and then there's the rest. And so Alabama, uh, you know, I, I said this to a couple of my buddies. I think Kirby and the Georgia Bulldogs dropped their head when they sell that field goal go through the uprights at, at A&M because uh, today's going to be a huge bounce-back game. But uh, Saban and his crew, and if you sort of break down um, which which uh, through the week, you know, we all do, uh, Alabama's defense, they just sort of weren't in sync and didn't communicate. That's not going to happen back-to-back weeks. I kind of see them running the table. Um, I, I seriously think Saban gets him another national championship. They got all the tools. There's obviously. You know they're they're so skilled in every position and their O line D line. Uh, so I do I see him running the table. I know my Georgia Bulldog buddies are not going to like that. And a couple other pe- people I could care less what West thinks. But uh, <laughs> that being said, Saban's going to run the table. Going to start. Hey, he's what is he nine and O bounce back games uh, since 2010. And 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 to end on this note, uh, I'm going to take a line out of uh, <clears throat> Mr. Tim Tebow's playbook that he said this week.
5: AM uh, A&M awoke the giant. How about that? Double J says not only they win today and cover the 17, the number against Mississippi State, they're going to run the table. So value. The best value, according to the Double J right now, is take Alabama to win the national championship. Well, and, and look, he is
2: talking, his co-host of the My World with Jeff Garrett podcast, Conrad Thompson, a Roll Tide super fan off the ledge here a little bit. Alabama laying 17 in Stark Vegas against Mike Leach. I'd rather be laying personally than rather be taken in this spot.
5: Well, then let's keep going here with Georgia against Kentucky today because Wes and I were discussing this here at Double J, and we look at it and go, boy, Kentucky, by the way, 11th in the country, undefeated, signature win against Florida, no respect, getting over three tutties against the Bulldogs. Which way would you lean here?
6: You know, and I'm I'm a basketball junkie. I'll say that first and foremost. Basketball's my sport, and and so raised in the South on big blue basketball. But to see Stoops six and zero, Battle of the Unbeatens come in there. Um, it, I I don't think Georgia's going to cover, but I think Georgia's going to win. I think the the atmosphere in this ball game between the hedges. I'm out of all the games today, and I'm a UT fan, so that has to rank one number one. I cannot wait to see. What Stoops game plans, uh, it's going to be interesting going into half and coming out of half. I think Stoops, um, great halftime coach. It's really going to be interesting. This game, like I said, Georgia will not cover, uh, but I think they're going to win.
2: And Jeff, you mentioned UT. Of course, a, a Tennessee volunteer fan is Jeff Jarrett. And they've got the big game tonight with Ole Miss coming into Knoxville. And look, the market's been optimistic on Ole, or on Tennessee here. It was a three-point uh, spread. Now one point here. Ole Miss still a small favorite. Total is the highest on the board, 82.5. And why not wow. when you saw these two offenses last week? Uh, Jeff, as a longtime Tennessee Volunteer fan, first-year head coach Josh Heupel, are you optimistic about this program in a macro sense? And then are you optimistic this evening as a small home dog at Neyland Stadium?
6: I couldn't wait to talk about this game because I'll throw a little wrestling analogy. If you don't think Josh Hypel's the biggest babyface, the biggest good guy, he's the hot young star coming in that is racking up points, dating back to the Willie Galt days, and and I could go on and on with with with, with all the UT receivers. It's in and in this game, it, it look, I'm getting goosebumps. First sellout in four years, Nalen Stalem's gonna be rocking with the checkerboard. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be one of those games when i heard and i just heard, wow i didn't know the line had gone down uh, but when i heard the the over 82 <laughs> i just sort of went and head scratching and then i went i did, did a little work in the biggest heel uh, in in the hill of Knox. when i say heel as a bad guy lane kiffin coming mm-hmm. in first time that he's you know he's been there several times as a head coach i think it's going to be The best atmosphere in Knoxville in a long, long time. I think they're going to come out running and gunning. I'm hoping UT's defense shows up. But I'm still, uh, and I'd love to hear what you guys say on this, but I am going with the Vols, of course, but I am taking the over. I think Saturday night, um, I can tell you, that stadium's going to have a full day of, I'll say this with a wink-wink, with barbecuing and tailgating. (laughs) So the atmosphere is going to be on the charts, but I'm taking the Vols and the over.
2: Lane Kiffin might be the biggest heel to come into oh. Tennessee since Andy Kaufman against Jerry Lawler <laughs> in the Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee, or or Austin Idol uh, against the babyface Jeff Jarrett back in the day. So uh, Lane Kiffin not going to get a friendly reception in Knoxville. And look, I can't bet the under in this game. It'd be over or
5: nothing. You have to bet the over, Double J, right there with you. But if you had to cut a promo for Lane Kiffin's return, would you smash a guitar over his head?
6: Oh, I, you know what? I You know, to live vicariously through Lane Kiffin, if he came out strutting, that would be the greatest thing in the world. Uh, but, you know, Lane, like, you know, coming back in there with Alabama, you know, he's, he's been there. But and, and you sort of have to live in the state and listen to talk radio. You guys don't get that uh, luxury. But, you know, during that era, it was such a... He was so newsworthy every day. And, and you know, Lane, it just ended, didn't end well. It was rocky all the way through. So him coming back in with this high-powered offense, hotty-totty, Red, Ole Miss is coming in. It's really, it's just going to be one of those games, uh, as a UT fan growing up, a lifelong fan, that you want to be there because the atmosphere is going to be off the charts. And like like we said at the top of this, uh, talking about this ball game, ballgame, Coach Josh He's he's going to be firing on all, all cylinders, and if you watch their their two losses, I can't tell you how many times the receiver was wide open and he was overthrown. So the offense is clicking. Defense
5: better show up, and and we're going to get us a get us a victory and cover. All right, we got about the thirty seconds left here with the real Jeff Jarrett. Follow him on Twitter as we do at Real Jeff Jarrett, the host of the My World uh, with Jeff Jarrett podcast. And Jeff, for those who have not heard the podcast, how can they access it? And uh, tell us a little bit about the flavor of the podcast.
6: Oh, man. It, I, I, I'm a third generation, been in the industry 35 years. We talk about WWE, WWF, WCW, TNA, all points in between. We're going to go back to Austin Idol Days. Wes, I love you. Uh, go going go some throwback. We just got nominated for the uh, Best New Podcast. Uh, this year voting ended yesterday results come out monday it's really been a joy conrad roll tide thompson is a fantastic partner uh, a fa- fantastic uh, business friend uh, a business person and a, and a great friend but uh, we're enjoying ourselves and you can download go to drilljeffjarrick.com and you could uh, subscribe uh anywhere you like uh and uh, again hey guys thanks for having me on dave again thanks for your service wes choke on that slap nut
5: he is the real (laughs) Jeff champ back here on vson the sports betting network
2: this is betting across america on vson the sports betting network
5: VEASAN is now available 24-7 on the YouTube TV Sports Plus Package. Sign up today at tv.youtube.com to start your free trial. And remember, you can also watch us 24-7 on FuboTV, Sling, and Xfinity X1. Visit VEASAN.com to find all the ways to watch and listen to VEASAN. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. It is betting across America. And look, I know, I hope you were with us last segment. We had Double J, Jeff Jared. First hour with Pete Futek, we've got Neil Everett, we've got Tommy Bowden, Mike Peronio, the sports book manager over at Mandalay Bay with Ben Falks, our VP of digital content, Scott Seidenberg, host of The Lookhead, coming on, Dave Miller, of course, college football analyst. I mean, this is why you watch Betting Across America each and every Saturday right here we, in DC.
2: We have no stone unturned, no. no village unpillaged here on the Betting Across America program. And the fact that I just got called slap nuts on the air, that totally made my day. Uh, all I need is an Indiana University cover and win. And I got called slap nuts by a WWE Hall of Famer. Best Saturday I've had in a long time, Dave Ross. Pretty darn
5: good day so far, Wes. And boy, by the way, to uh, Jeff Jarrett's point, he gave out the advice that he believes Alabama not only covers today, SEC fans, he says, take Bama now to win the national championship. And again, the best value you're going to get is after Alabama lost mm-hmm. to Texas A&M a week ago. Also, you can follow us on Twitter. His, hit us up at VEASAN.com, and We got a tweet that said, I brought up Texas A&M as the extreme long shot. We got a tweet that said Pittsburgh would be a team for an extreme long shot that Mm -hmm. one of our uh, recent viewers and listeners would consider. Now, that's an interesting team, obviously, already with the loss as well. But these are the type of things, if you're truly looking for long shots, we're not talking about high percentage Mm -hmm. plays. We're talking about long shots with a lot of things having to break right, potentially to get into the college football playoff. I like Pittsburgh's makeup. I've played them a lot here on our Saturdays betting across America. I just like A&M because of the schedule that they have and the conference they're in that gives them more of an actual shot of making the case to get into the Final
2: Four. And we'll bring up Pittsburgh with Tommy Bowden here at the top of the next hour. He is going to join us to talk ACC football. Look, all of a sudden it was the Clemson Invitational in that conference, and now you have Wake Forest, who is ranked and undefeated. NC State and Boston College are going to hook it up today. That could be like an elimination game for that Atlantic division to get in that ACC title game. And it's like, we push this conference aside and be like, okay, they're not going to be a factor in the playoff because of Clemson, but what if Wake Forest keeps winning? Mm. What if Wake Forest all of a sudden runs the table? So still a lot of teams, Pitt, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, NC State, all still undefeated in that conference. Wake Forest, by the way, this has been an uneven schedule. They are 4-0 and in the ACC.
5: Okay, very quickly, Wes, because when you do these things, it makes me go down that rabbit hole. Could undefeated Wake Forest ACC champion Wake Forest possibly make a claim to be in the first four? Is is there any scenario that you would see that undefeated, running the table, it's still considered a Power 5 conference. Can you make a case that Wake Forest could be a participant?
2: Boy, that's so hard because there's just not that. There's not like the Big Ten like we were talking about earlier, where it's like you got four teams in one division, the Big Ten East, that are in the top ten. You have a chance for quality win after quality win after quality win. If you look in the ACC, you have two ranked teams right now. Wake Forest at 16, NC State at 22. They'll hook up with Boston College later today. You know, maybe if Clemson was still undefeated and Wake Forest knocked them off, then it's like, okay, then Wake is a real CFP contender. But, man, I just I, I don't, I don't see it. But look, stranger things have happened. You were making the case for A and M if they run the table. Wake Forest is going to need to do what they do and keep winning down there in Winston Salem. But they're going to need a lot of help. They're going to need a lot of dominoes. They're going to need two lost teams.
5: No question. And again, it, this goes back. I'm going way back here now to the Colt Brennan, God rest his soul, days at Hawaii when undefeated Hawaii and June Jones. If you remember that team? And everybody's like, man, they're they're good enough. They should get a shot. And then they played Georgia, if you remember, in the Sugar Bowl. And then they got beat 70-7. to I'm not saying that's going to be the fate of a Wake Forest potentially mm-hmm. here. But that's where the Pandora's box gets open, right? And if we have chaos, because we're talking about Cincinnati, by the way, putting the wood right now to UCF. They're up 35-0 here a couple minutes to go before halftime. As the third-best team in the country, we're all legitimately having these conversations with wins over your alma mater, Indiana, and Notre Dame, and who else is Cincinnati going to beat that you go, wow, that's a good win. But we're talking about Cincinnati in that acclaim. So Wake Forest, and I'm not saying that Wake Forest should get in if they run the table, but this is what happens when you have power five conferences. I say that loosely with the ACC Mm -hmm. this year because there's not a lot of power in that conference. These are the type of conversations that the committee is going to have so before you make those wagers that say x is going to win the national championship you have to find the pathway that they legitimately have a case to play in the college football playoff mm-hmm. and then win two more games
2: yeah to wake wake forest just taking them specifically only wins over old dominion norfolk state florida state virginia louisville and syracuse who's their best win it might be the Qs. wow on the road where where Qs uh gotten the number and that took it to overtime but Wake just hasn't really beaten anybody, and their defense gives up over 500 yards each of the last three games. So, you know, we'll see if uh, – we'll ask Tommy Bowden, and I, yes. he'll tell us the truth. He will. The ACC has a chance to get in here as Indiana going to try a 55-yard field goal Whoa. here at the end of the first Keep half. Keep kicking them. Uh, Hoosiers uh, right now 9-7 to timeout called by Michigan State. Indiana up 9-7 to uh, kicking field goals, not getting any touchdowns, still not any touchdowns in conference play. But the surprise of the early action right now—just uh-huh. when we want to send uh, Coach Orgeron into uh, Coach retirement o. or send him down to Club Med or wherever his vacation spot is—21 to six up on the Florida Gators. Uh, LSU minus four and a half, fifty-four and a half on the in-game total. Uh, that is the surprise, uh, Coach O. The uh, combination of Luther from Coach and uh, Farmer Fran from the Water Boy, but. Coach O's guys three and three on the season. Uh, nice effort for LSU and an absolute dead spot for Florida. Florida was laying double digits in Baton Rouge, and wow. yet I'm like, why didn't I take LSU? But gosh, oh, LSU has looked terrible.
5: I couldn't do it after they burned me last week with Kentucky. You talk about this a lot, and Wes, I think it's a really good point that obviously has not gotten through this hard head, which is you have to have a short memory and you cannot let what happened a week ago affect the number this week before you make your wager. Mm-hmm. So to your point, you see now LSU. On the live line, giving five and a half to Florida. Look, I I stayed away. Once I missed this pre-flop, and I didn't take those 12 with Ed Ogeron, when I knew that's the side I should be on here, uh, I I just can't hop in now and assume that this is going to hold. But this is what I always get back to when the grass isn't always greener. Okay? Mm -hmm. So I know they're ready to run Coach O out. I know they're ready to do it down there in Baton Rouge because they think it's still 2019. And, you know, they think that, you know, Joe Burrow and Joe Brady, those guys aren't walking through the door anymore. They're gone. But it was a magical run. And before you say that, Coach O, all he did, well, all he did was put the staff together and go recruit the kids that won the national championship. So I don't want to hear this stuff about, well, all he did, he's not a great him. Em- game. Em- Dude, if you can go get the right guys to go get the right kids to win you a national championship two years ago,
2: but you, you all, can't. But you always have to do that if you're Coach O. You're not. I mean, you're your you can't have one down year. Yeah, like well, we we
5: can't fire guys well, well, two years is, later this, after doing that.
2: Well, I mean that this is LSU though. This is not you know Huckabuck State. No, this is LSU, and they have high expectations. You're in a conference. You're in a division with Alabama, Texas A&M, Auburn, both the schools in Mississippi, Arkansas. You know they they feel like they should be one of the better programs in the country, and they're they've won a couple national titles in this uh, you know last twenty years, so. There's high expectations there. So uh, I understand where you're going, but, you know, that's the price you pay and the money you get to have one of those big-time jobs. So I can kind of understand why uh, everybody down there in Baton Rouge is getting restless. But speaking of getting restless, I am getting restless as an Indiana (laughs) University backer. 9-7 to is your halftime score in God's Country, Bloomington, Indiana. Indiana, 217 yards of offense. Michigan State, 57. Oh, Indiana, 12 first downs. Michigan State, two first downs. 96-23 to 23 rushing advantage. 121-34 in terms of passing yards. One, uh, minus one one turnover margin. Indiana had the ball for a little less than 20 minutes. Michigan State had it for a little over 10 and a half minutes. And yet Indiana only leads 9-7 at the half. Now, they are going to get the football to start the second half because they put Sparty three and out. They did try that 55-yard field goal, by the way, from Charles Campbell. That is no good. So now we are starting well, to get second half prices. When you're
5: getting a point and a half here, Wes at Ben MGM. So, like to your point about your alma mater domination on the mm-hmm. field, not on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Would you be apt here to take the point and a half? And hey, I mean, you got to feel pretty good the way that they've yeah. they've really dominated this football game. I, the first time. I mean, time.
2: I have line equity right now, getting four or getting five earlier in the week with Indiana. And like you said, it was minus one and a half Michigan State in terms of the end game 37 and a half on the total. Indiana is getting the ball. they got to put a touchdown on the board. Okay. I think if they're going to be a threat here. If they put a touchdown on the board in this first series, then it's like, okay, Michigan State's going to have to pull it out of their you-know-whats if they want to remain undefeated. So 9-7 is your score there. A couple other halftime scores. Minnesota, 21-9 to over Nebraska. Nebraska minus 4-24 for the second half. Northwestern leading Rutgers, staying in the Big Ten, 14-7. Rucker Scarlet on ice, minus 1, minus one twenty
5: three for the second. Can I leave you with this before we go to break on the Edo conversation? Okay. They gave Clay Helton seven years at SC. Seven years at perennial power Pac twelve USC. How many national titles chip the uh, Chip Chips he win? Coach Owens <laughs> wins one. They're gonna fire him in two years. Okay, come on back. It's Visa. And it's betting across America. We're getting fired up on a Saturday. That's what we do. Come on back. We'll see you in a couple minutes.
6: I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like You see him in the Olympics, <laughs> he's going guard, and then on I'm top of it. like that, see that?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came out from room crying tears. <laughs> crying tears, I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember
3: what I told you? I said, I said, OG, oh, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me. <laughs>
5: Discover what winning feels like at BetMGM. It's the best time to sign up because they're giving new customers a shot at a very easy 100 bucks. Register using the code vison 100 and win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 Moneyline Wager on any college football game and either team simply scores a touchdown. No matter what your gridiron game is, BetMGM is always ready for all the action. Enjoy parlay selection builders, daily promotions, boosted odds, specials, and much, much more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the code vison 100 to win 100 bucks when you bet $1 on any college football game and either team simply Simply scores a touchdown. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. New customer offer, paid in free bets. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here on Betting Across America. And Wes, what has caught your attention?
2: DR, let's go to Baton Rouge where we just were. Oh, no. Florida just gets a
5: Hail Mary at the end of the half in the quarter of
2: the end zone. I don't know. Fire your defensive backs or maybe your defensive backs, coach. Uh, They totally misplayed that because this this has got to be, it's that knock it down like Tom Jackson used to say on NFL primetime. LSU did not. It looks like the Florida Gators have a touchdown here and one that they desperately needed. Play is still under review, but upon first glance, that looks like a touchdown here. Let's see if he had control and if he had his foot in. He does have a foot down. I think that's going to be a touchdown for the Gators. One score game. Florida looked like they were about to get run out in Baton Rouge. Not so fast.
5: I'd like to uh, personally apologize for my comments in the last segment.
2: You're, you're like I mushed him. I, I do that sometimes <laughs> I too. Totally it's like, the moment, I totally mushed Coach I am like I the, went to the I, wall for the guy. Sometimes I feel like the Twitter mush where I'm like, you know, uh, somebody's looking good, looking uh, good, man. This guy is really on it. He's picking this secondary apart, and then he throws an interception like the next play.
5: If Coacho, if if Coacho gets fired, and I, I, I never wish that on anybody. By the way. But if that does happen because they blow this lead because of a Hail Mary at the end of the first half and because I went to the wall for him said you can't fire him after two years, he's welcome to join us right here on set betting across America.
2: Absolutely. I'd, I'd love to party with
5: him. It'd be great to have Coach O. Yeah.
2: Apparently, there's a lot of people down there that have partied with Coach O, and maybe that's why he's in a little bit of a pickle down there in Baton Rouge.
5: Could be. Just saying, we I hope he stays gainfully employed, but if not, and it's my fault, he can come sit right here next to us. I love to play a little buy, sell, or hold with you, Wes, because let's go back to the Big Ten for this discussion here, because I think it's pertinent when you watch what you're watching today. Certainly, with your alma mater right now leading nine to seven, it does play into some of these odds and some of these scores. And we see, we know that Ohio State, we believe right now, should still rightfully be the favorite at minus one fifty. Iowa is the interesting name on this board to me at plus 250 because you go, well, you got to take Iowa because well they're the second-best team in the country, and they're undefeated, they have the easier road. But you don't think they can win this
2: conference. I'm going Jim Cramer on mad money. Push the button. I wish I had a button here. Sell, 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 sell. sell. (laughs) I am absolutely selling Iowa. Maybe I'm going to be selling them premature. I am on Purdue today at plus 12. That's going to be in the mid-afternoon window here in Iowa City. but. You know what? Iowa's got to show me something yeah. on offense. I think they've been very pedestrian. They live off the defense. They live off the turnovers. I just, they just don't have that explosiveness. Now, what Iowa has and what Kirk Ferentz always has is he always has a very good offensive line. I, think, I don't know if there's a coach in the country that develops better offensive linemen than Kirk Ferentz because you look down these NFL rosters, they are littered with Iowa guys. They there's are. a reason why these guys get drafted. Uh, tight ends, offensive linemen, pretty solid on the defensive line, but I just don't know if they have that dynamic skill position guy, and maybe they do, but we don't know it, because Spencer Petras really hasn't gotten the ball to those guys. Uh, You know, just kind of been okay. Spencer Petras is the ultimate, you know, don't mess it up guy, because he hasn't really turned it over very much because those plus 15 in the turnover margin is not just the defense forcing turnovers. It's the offense taking care of the football either, so I got to give him a little credit for that, but Iowa is just, you know, and, and, you know, maybe I'm being too much of a seller on them because they are in that Western division. They are in the easier division. They are. Yeah. I mean, so theoretically you look at them and in theory, I think they could run the table because the schedule does set up for that. But I just don't think that they're going to, because I think there's going to be one game where they don't turn people over. You look at the schedule going forward you have Purdue at home. You go to Wisconsin. There you could go be to a Northwestern.
5: Trouble, right, Wisconsin, if, if Wisconsin yeah. becomes Wisconsin again. Yeah,
2: and they're going to get Army later this evening. They're about two touchdown favorites. But Wisconsin at least got some stink off of them last week with a win at right. Illinois, shutting them out. But like I mentioned, Purdue coming in, going to Wisconsin, go to Northwestern, Minnesota coming in, Illinois coming in, and going to Nebraska. Now, Iowa is should be favorite in every single one of those games. But don't be surprised. Let's say this game plays close to the spread today against Purdue. You know, within 10 to 14, kind of right around the number, what it's going to be. What are they going to be laying at Wisconsin next week? Probably less than a field goal, Mm. I would think, because, you know, that's still Camp Randall's a tough place to win. I know their offense has struggled. You know, Graham Mertz has not been very good this year, but their defense is still one of the better ones in the country. So I do think Wisconsin on October 30th could be that trip-up spot. So When you look at it, it's like, is there a possibility there's going to be six wins on that schedule and they're going to represent the West in the Big Ten title game in Indianapolis? Yeah, it's possible. But I just think you are living on borrowed time when you are living on these turnovers. There's going to be a week where you don't get that kind of fortune, where you don't get those deflected balls into your hands, where you don't get a guy fumble and then all of a sudden you've got a foot in bounds and you recover it right on the sideline and it's going your way where you're getting that field position. There's going to be one of those games, and then it's going to be up to that Iowa offense, and they have not shown to this point. Worst Doesn't offense mean in can. the Big Ten. Yeah, they've got to show that they're able to score in these games. Now, they are lucky they don't have Michigan and Michigan State and Ohio State on that schedule, so it sets up for them, but you got to show me. I, I, I'm not a believer I, as of
5: yet. I think it's the, the perfect handicap. I'm right there with you. There's no way I'm buying that even at plus 250 because, again, it might not even be Wisconsin in a couple weeks. Who knows about the fight in Scott Frost at the end of the year down there against Nebraska. There's a lot of pitfalls before they potentially even get to the Big Ten title game. Let's talk about two teams there, and I'm curious to get your thoughts, buy, sell, or hold, and let's go for the longer odds here in Penn State at 22-1. to You go, well, they just lost to Iowa. They're dead. As Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend, because you know we talk about kind of – Get the college football playoff. Texas A&M might have a a real circuitous path to get there. Penn State might have a path here because even though they lost to Iowa, it was not in their division. So when you have uh, an out of division loss, and you still have—I know they're big boys, but you Mm -hmm. have everything in front of you. You have Ohio State, you have Michigan, and you have Sparty. So let's say theoretically, if we still think they're who we think they are, okay, and they can run the table here. And get to play in Iowa, in the Big Ten title at twenty-two to one. I mean, you got to beat them eventually. You got to beat Penn, You got to beat Ohio State. You got to beat Michigan. got to beat Michigan State. It's a murderer's row, mm-hmm. but they still have a pathway to do it.
2: They do now. The pathway is going to be contingent upon Sean Clifford getting back healthy. Mm-hmm. He did not practice this week. Of course, he was knocked out Great of point. the game against Iowa. And, you know, I don't want to say, oh, Taquan Roberson can never play. He was a redshirt sophomore. He didn't look good. He got thrown into an untenable situation there, but he was 7-21 passing for 34 yards and two interceptions. He wasn't ready for that smoke in (laughs) Kinnick Stadium last Saturday. That doesn't mean that he doesn't have potential down the line, but, you know, you got to have Sean Clifford. you got to have your fifth-year senior back, and if they do have him back, Now, they're going to get Illinois next week. Penn State, by the way, is on a bye week here in State College. Good for them. Get Illinois coming in. Get some kinks out. Tune up a little bit. Illinois shouldn't be a threat to you. Then you go to Ohio State Halloween weekend, and that's the big game. If you go and win in Columbus, and look, I felt Penn State was a mission team this year. That's why I played them over the season wins. Then you get to uh, uh, November, rather. Go to Maryland. You get Michigan at home. You go to uh, get Rutgers at home and then you go to Michigan State. So, yeah, that's a tough schedule. But if, look, if you win those six games, you're going to win the Big Ten East. And 22 to 1? Then you're going to be in the championship. So, if I was going down the board more so than like a Michigan State, who's, by the way, down nine to seven against Indiana, I'm more of a believer in Penn State than I am in Michigan than I am in Michigan.
5: State. Did I hear a buy there at 22 to 1?
2: Yes. That would be oh. my buy. I think Ohio State at minus one fifty is still the best, the most sure bet. Because look, look at the points they're scoring. I mean, it's just can you? It ends, it, it ends up being can you compete with these guys? Can you get up and down the field with these guys? Can right. you score points with these guys? And not very many teams can. But if I'm going to buy of those four candidates, it would be Penn
5: State. And again, that's not bad advice here to possibly you back the favorite in Ohio State. And then just sprinkle a little bit on Penn State at the longer odds there at twenty-two to one because they are going to play each other. And if we believe that they're the best two teams, and that's no disrespect to the fight in Jim Harbaugh's, who I really like here as well at mm-hmm. plus four fifty. But the value, just to your point, is not there. Mm-hmm. And it's still all as much as 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 it's in front for Michigan. The same can be said for Penn State. And when you have plus four fifty versus twenty-two to one, there's just no way that I could back Harbaugh financially with that when you could back Penn State. At 22-1, to one, to your point, though, if they get their quarterback back and healthy. When we come back, oh my goodness, I mean, the show just gets better and better. Tommy Bowden, yeah, that Tommy Bowden is going to join us and talk all things ACC and all things college football, the former head coach of Clemson, right here on Betting Across America on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.